Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a GoPowerCat.com production. It's Monday. It used to be my day off, but now I do the Big 12 Insiders with Hanley during the week because I do K-State Insiders every Monday at 1. You should be here. Well, if you are here, you're you're here. It got too confusing. This is the K-State Insiders, and I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the Insiders, your K-State sports show, presented by Synergy Financial Partners. Now let's go to the rolling Flint Hills, home of the Cats and Dogs studio. Here's your host, Tim Fitzgerald. It's not good on game day. It's Brian Hanley and uh, Glenn Kinley. It's not good on game day. Did not even know what show you're doing. I said the Big Twelve insiders, and they're like, "Oh crap!" I'm supposed to be saying K State insiders. <laughs> that's that's how my mind's going to work today, apparently. Uh, but I know these guys. These guys are are friends. I get to hang out with friends every Monday now instead of having a day off. That's better. Um, guys, let's get to it. Let's just get to it. Uh, I know K-State has hope. I'm not going to say does K-State have hope because they do because this is a rivalry and we know weird stuff happens in rivalries. Uh, but based on the track record leading up to this game, I, I don't feel good for the K-State nation celebrating a victory because K-State is in, uh, frankly, not just a tailspin, a very worrisome one. And Glenn, I want to start with you. They They just seem completely out of sorts right now they don't have the same energy the same focus that they had earlier in the big 12 season now that they've lost four straight and now by the way you get kansas on big monday yeah and you're talking about a kansas team that just beat the piss out of a fourth ranked (laughs) houston team with maybe the best defense in the country uh kansas played maybe its best game of the year on saturday against houston um it i guess the one silver lining or, or um positive spin that you could look at is that um, KU has struggled away, away from home this year. I think they're two and three in true road games. They've won big games that maybe even people doubted them in. On Saturday, they were a home underdog for the second time in the yeah. Bill Self era, which is wild. They beat Houston. They beat UConn. They've won some other huge games. They beat Kentucky. 
but they lost to UCF on the road. They lost to West Virginia on the road. This is a team that struggled to win away from home, but K-State doesn't feel like it has much going for it right now. Saturday's game, they actually controlled most of the way. Yeah. And we've seen earlier in conference play, they won games it felt like they shouldn't have. I, I look at Oklahoma State. They didn't control most of that game earlier in the year when they when they met in Manhattan, I should clarify, and they won. The Baylor game, I would say Baylor was in control 38 minutes of the game and K-State won. This game, it felt like K-State let slip away, and that's becoming a trend. Yeah, it is. Big B, should K-State Nation be really worried? I mean, yeah, they should definitely be really worried. Uh, now, doesn't mean they can't win the foot or the basketball game. Excuse me, doesn't mean they can't win. But at the same time, yeah, they should be worried. Here's the one thing uh, that I will say: while Kansas is a good defensive team for the most part, they're different than Houston um, as they don't pressure you. Like different than Oklahoma, they guard you, but they mm-hmm. don't pressure you. And there's a right. huge difference between the two. So maybe that will will lead to K-State maybe getting some open shots or not turning the ball over as much, which is something that we're going to need to win the game. You're going to have 18, 20 turnovers against KU. You're getting blown out. I'm just That's going to happen. So maybe that will be a little bit different. They don't have a deep bench, uh, but at the same time, I don't know that K-State necessarily uses their bench, even though that we might have some players, we don't use them. Um, but there's definitely hope. Uh, and we'll bring up, I, there was, we talked earlier, Fitz, about a good question that came up in the chat here. I think it's a great question. But, yeah, I, I, I think there's hope, but it's going to be tough because KU is playing very, very good basketball, right? And, and K-State is playing about as lousy as you can get. Yeah, you're you know, talking about a Jayhawk team who shot nearly 70% from the field yeah. on Saturday. So if you're a Wildcat <laughs> fan, you, your only hope today might just be maybe they used up all their makes on Saturday. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm telling you what, uh, KU, whoa, there goes Glenn. KU impresses me a couple times a year with, wow, that's a whole nother level. That was a whole nother level of a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let's be honest here. Houston isn't the same away from its home court either. A lot of teams are that way, uh, but Houston seems to be particularly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not dangerous. It's almost more than that at home. They're just uh, so elite. Like Jerome Tang said, I've never seen defense like that. Mm-hmm. And then I watched them on the road and I don't see that same defense. So, uh, you know, maybe we're, maybe Vegas overvalued Houston on the road way too much. I, I didn't understand the spread. I've given up uh, sports betting because I suck, but I certainly would have bet KU, and I'd bet KU tonight uh, at five points because K-State's been losing by more than five to other teams not named KU. So it's uh, it's going to be a tough road, but uh, there is hope because, Big B, you know this in a rivalry game, there, there's no way you cannot be up. You just Correct. can't. Now, maybe mm-hmm. maybe you're up. And you come out and you get smacked in the face, and you're like, oh, okay, we suck. We're going to be bad, which, you know, you see teams do that in rivalry games. But usually, if you're up, you're going to sustain it for a while. And at home, K State will sustain it because the crowd won't let them die right away. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, Big B, but can the rivalry pull K State through this one? I don't know if it can pull them through. Uh, it can definitely keep them in the game for a little while. Now, they're going to have to do their part. Uh, but I think the rivalry absolutely can can keep them in the game. Pulling them through, it's going to be tough. Like I said, KU's good. And, and, and if we're just putting all our cards on the table, KU has better players than K-State. I mean, they just do. 
So it, it, you've got to do something extraordinary to go and beat a team when they when you're outnumbered, you know. So they've got to be able to do that. What that's going to be, I think you got to have good shooting nights. Uh, you're going to have to have somebody that you don't expect to have to come through. That's usually what happens in a rivalry game of of some sort, an upset like this. Somebody does something extraordinary that you don't expect and your team can win. That's I think it's going to take something like that for K-State. Now, that extraordinary could be, you know, somebody going off, you know, for 30 points or something like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be a bench guy coming off the bench, you know, scoring 18 points in 15 minutes. You know, I, I know that's happened before, but you're asking a lot of that. So mm-hmm. I just think something extraordinary is going to have to happen. It, it's K, KU is really good. They've got better players, but that doesn't mean that K-State can't win. They just, they've got to play smart. They got to play hard. Let the crowd help them. And the way that you let the crowd help them is you you keep them engaged, which means right. you got to keep them in the game, which means you got to defend and you got to make some shots. You just got to make some shots. You got to match Early. the crowd's en- energy. If you don't match yes. the crowd's energy, they're going to say, "What are we doing? Why Correct. why are we investing so much if you don't want to invest too?" And I think that's a real key for K State. We didn't see it against Oklahoma. We just this team is nope. floundering, uh, but. Again, in the Big 12, every night's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Hasn't always been that way the last you know three, four games for K-State. It's been pretty similar. But it, you can reinvent yourself, and it is about matchups, which brings us to Kansas. Glenn, you cover KU quite a mm-hmm. bit. Uh, give me your two or three guys uh, that you think will be the key for KU in this mm-hmm. matchup, and who would you put on them to try to, to alleviate the stress of that talent KU has? Yeah, well, Brian, when you talk about matching the energy, I can tell you one guy who I can assure you is going to do that tonight. It's Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson loves the atmosphere in Allen Fieldhouse. Hunter Dickinson loves the atmosphere when he has tens of thousands of people who despise him and does not want to make him want to see him make a play. I think he eats that up more than he does people cheering him on. He loves that villain role. He's going to be juiced tonight. We saw it when he was at Michigan. We've seen it when he was at KU. He 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 loves it. And KU's going to have to, or K State rather, is going to have to find a way to limit him and and that, uh, to slow him down. And then uh, the other kid that that maybe I think people are talking about, but if you're not following KU, I I might be talking about him or think people are because I do follow them. Uh, Johnny Furphy's been phenomenal. He's been starting the last, I want to say, six or seven games, averaging over 15 points a game in those games. He didn't start before the new year, and since he has been, he's been terrific. He's a true freshman, really finding his own, who uh, K-State has to make sure they give him plenty of attention. But really, KU has five guys uh, who can beat you if you don't stop them. And I almost wonder if, if uh, and this is easier said than done, but if K-State's um, best strategy in this one might be getting one of the one or two of those five guys in foul trouble. Because um, Kansas is really, really good. They're not the deepest team in the league. And, and I don't right. know if they can afford to, to be without Dickinson for 16 minutes or to be without their point guard, Dewan Harris, who's a, a senior who's so experienced and so poised. Um, getting one or two of those guys in foul trouble might be a way. Now, I, I, I get that you're saying, Glenn, what a great idea. Just get their best players out of the game. They, they, <laughs> you should have suggested that a few weeks ago, Glenn. I mean, I get what, exactly what you're saying. And, and this kind of comes back to what I was saying is that we have to do something extraordinary, something different. I, I think, and I'll just be honest, if it's a back and forth, man on man, and everything's equal, if everything is equal, KU wins. 
You know, I just I know K-State fans are not going to like hearing that, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. If everything is equal, KU is going to win the game. We have to do something to to make the advantage or to to push the advantage to us. And if that somebody has to go out there and score 35 points, then somebody got to score 35 points. Mm-hmm. If, if we got to get people in foul trouble, then we got to get people in foul trouble. You know, something extraordinary just has to happen for K-State to win the game tonight. And again, that's not saying that K-State's got a bunch of bad basketball players. Oh. I'm not saying that at all. I go, so people, you got to read through between the lines there. Mm-hmm. It's just, we're dealing with facts. KU's yeah. better. To beat a better a team that's better, either number one, they have to have a, a bad shooting night. Maybe we force that. Maybe that's the extraordinary thing. Like you mentioned, Glenn, they almost shot 70% last, or you know, on Saturday. Maybe mm-hmm. they shoot 30%, you know, and maybe 30% is good enough for us to win. Now, if we're going to turn around and shoot 33%, that's not going to be good enough. Yeah, yeah. Know, so we have to just do something to win the game. But I'm actually fired up about it. I think the guys are going to come up ready to play. I think they're just going to come out and say, you know what? We've lost four in a row. Everybody's down on. They think we're going to get blown out here. It's time for us to stand up. And I'll be honest, Fitz, it's time. It's it's put up or shut up time. It really is. Yeah. And Brian, I think we go going back to Dickinson a little bit. He's going to be the best big on the floor. He might be the best big in the country. But right. K-State does have a little bit of depth at that spot. I'm not saying that they have uh, three guys who are wonderful. But you, I look at Will McNair, Jarrell Colbert, even uh, Taj Manning, if they want to put him out there. And I'm wondering if K-State doesn't say, hey, we're going to we're going to play four guys tonight at the five spot. Yeah. And we're going to yeah. we're going to make make it hell for Dickinson all night yeah. long. And hey, those four guys might all finish with four fouls. We're going to foul Correct. Dickinson 18 times tonight, but he, he's going to be worn out. And by the end of that game, he's going to be like, oh, my gosh, can you guys get off of me? <laughs> and, and whether or not that strategy will work, I don't know. But that's something I might throw out there, because if you try to have one guy play 38 minutes Not against right. Hunter Dickinson on the night, he, he might score 38 points. That's right. He's going to wear you out. Yep. He's going to wear you out. Yep. It's not going to work. He's impressive. I'll say that um, because he seems to have a great sense of who he is as a basketball player. You know, he's not a great athlete. He's not a great jumper. He's a big boss. Uh, mm-hmm. And he he plays like, I'm going to dominate this game. And he almost dares officials to stop him. You know, I'm going to put this yeah. elbow up here. I'm going to duck my – it's impressive to watch. But, Glenn, you name the guy. I haven't seen a basketball player, college basketball player, who I have been uh, more fascinated with than Johnny Furphy in a long time. Yeah. I, I He's the glue. He is he the best player? No. Uh, you know, he might be the player with the biggest upside. I, I think this dude's going to play a long time in the NBA. But whoever coached him in Australia, someone hire that guy to coach in the yeah, United right. States. Because he has some of the best – um, offensive skills without the ball yeah. I have seen in so very long. He beats his defender before the ball even touches his hands. He he does this thing that I just love, and great three-point shooters do it. So the ball's on the other side of the court, and you can see your defender, and so that second when he looks away and you're no longer in his peripheral, he just slides back a little bit and opens that gap to a point where he knows I can get my shot off. This guy can't get to me. It is amazing to watch him do it. The second you take your eye off him, he's moving away from you. And then you've got that, that nanosecond of where'd he go? You know, and he just, it's beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. 
I think he's the guy that K-State absolutely has to take away um, because the other dudes are going to get their points. They're going to mm-hmm. do their thing. I like the plan of you know maybe putting Michaela Buddy Rich out there a few times. Size-wise, uh, greatly outmatched, but he, he could foul and make you know you fouled him. Right. Um, but um, whoever's covering Furphy, I think it might be Cam Carter. Um, don't let him slip away because he's a sneaky Australian. And I tell you what, those Australians <laughs> are known for being sneaky. They're from, they're, they're from down under. Uh, oh, no, he's fun yeah. to watch. They got to figure out how to slow him up. And if they disrupt him, I think you really do disrupt KU because he's the guy that stepped into the lineup and kind of changed things for them. Yeah, it, yeah you beat me to it, Fitz. He's exactly what the doctor ordered for KU. Uh, preseason and then even through early conference season, when I when I mentioned they got upset on the road those couple times, uh, West Virginia and UCF, you're, you're saying, man, they. I, I told people, I said, they might have one through four, the best four. Nobody has four players better in the country than KU, mm. but they need a fifth or sixth or seventh guy. And then they move Johnny Furphy into the starting lineup and you said, Oh boy, he yeah. he he might not even be you know he he's really really good and and the other thing that I think we've seen a new Kevin McCuller. I want to make sure we give him his flowers. He's yeah. a different player than he was last year. He yep. came back and has kind of taken the Ochai Abaji, Jalen Wilson, now Kevin McCuller path. And I tell you what, we saw Jalen Wilson do twenty times last year. He he took it to the right side. He took it to the rack and said, "I'm going to go to the hoop and I'm either going to score or you're going to foul me." And mm-hmm. I won't be surprised if at some point. If the game is close down the stretch, if we see Kevin McCuller almost take a similar mindset, he's not. The, I'm not saying he's the same player as Jalen Wilson, but I'm saying that he has shown more authority in their offense this year when needed. It's going to be an interesting group of matchups for K State. Who they put where? I mean, there's some obvious ones here, but uh, I'll just look. We're talking about KU, and it took us a while to get to their probably best player because they just have so many dudes out of these five. They all can play. They all can hoop. But their depth is an issue, Brian. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a big issue. And normally I'd say, run, man. Try to run them out of the gym. Try to wear them out. I don't think I want to see K-State try to run. Uh, they're just so turnover prone. And with the lack of a true point guard, they don't make great decisions in the open court. Mm-hmm. It frustrates mm-hmm. me. That's probably what frustrates me the most is because the easiest solution plays right into the K-State's weaknesses of not valuing possessions at all. And against Kansas, if you give them empty possessions, they will take advantage of it. So I don't want to play a slow-paced game with Kansas, but also if you run and it's not working, you might be playing right into their hand. Well, that's a great point, Fitz, because one of the problems with K-State is the guys that get the majority of the minutes can't handle the ball very well. And, and, you know, it's fine if you don't have a true point guard, but you have a two and a three that those guys have a great handle – well, K-State doesn't have that. So that's where the issue lies is that, you know, you want to get up and down the court. Okay, you have a guy. And Tyler Perry, I mean, granted, he's not a point guard. I mean, he's just not. But he can at least handle the basketball. Where Kelly and Kaluma, they don't have great handles. So it's like, what are you going to do? It's like you can't, you can't just have one guy when you're running up and down the court and just have one guy be the guy dribbling and handling the basketball. You can't do that. That's not how it works. And if you if you try to do that, uh, first of all, you're going to wear Charlie Perry. You're going to wear him completely out. Um, but he's going to – I mean, and he'll turn the ball over. The other guys are going to turn the ball over. I've been calling for it. I think you got you, you got to get some of the younger guys that can handle the basketball. I think you got to put them in the game. If you're going to try to run up and down the court, you just have to do that. 
Uh, I, I think it's time that K-State says we can't just continue to go down this path with what we're with what we're doing because we're not getting good results. It's time to yeah. put those other guys out on the basketball court, man, and just say, okay, what can happen? Because K-State doesn't have to be a program that just says, okay, we got freshmen, but they only need to get five minutes a night. Well, for that, we're that's a problem anyway. That's a whole different discussion, though. But yeah, you, you just they got to get up and down the court. I, th- I think they do fits, but I think you got to get the guys out there that can get up and down the court and help. You know, and maybe yeah. you go small. Maybe you just you go really small. Now you're going to get beat up on the board. I mean, and you will. But you're getting beat you up get, on the board anyway. It, exactly. I was just going to say that. But you're going to get beat up anyway. You're already doing that. But maybe you get another eight to ten points. But just because you're beating somebody down the court. I think we got to look for ways to generate some offense that we haven't been able to do the last few games. I'm in. I'll say this. If if this turns out to be a loss, and, and then you know maybe you go to BYU on Saturday and, and lose, I'm, it's time to invest in the young guys. One you know, at this point, now you're just hanging on for dear life in the season, uh, and I know you want to make the NCAA tournament, but the guys you're playing aren't getting that task done. Correct. Um Day Day Ames is a more of a true point guard. Has he had turnovers? Absolutely. He needs to learn some lessons. Well, if the season's going to be dwindling into dust, let's start the lessons now and not put them off. Yes. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing the young guys just roll. Um, you know, what was it Tang that said the great thing about young guys is they don't know. You know, they, they don't know the moment is so big. They also don't know a lot of things that they need to know to not make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um, So the good thing is also the bad thing. And I I agree with that. uh, But I want to see these guys, uh, how they react to this. Because you said it right. This isn't the typical KU, um, you you know, really pester you up and down the court or in the half court. They just kind of smother you. It's almost Mm -hmm. more like a Bruce Weber defense. And I don't. I don't mean that as an insult to. I say I don't think either side's gonna yeah. like that. Yeah, that, <laughs> but I, I did appreciate the way he did that. It was like, oh, you you brought the ball up. Now, good luck scoring. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what they. That's how they stayed in games. And KU does that with a much more potent offense, and I think that's mm-hmm. what makes them really dangerous. Um, but I, you know, physically, I just don't know if K State has the answers. Uh, so schematically, they better figure out how to make this work. And um, as we get ready to go to break, some quick comments. I just I'm beginning to feel like something's going on in the locker room. I know Coach Stang te- keeps saying these guys are bought in, bought in, but they don't play that way, and they don't look like they're having fun with each other right now. And I, I'm that's maybe my biggest concern. Yeah, and I think at times when things aren't going well, the the natural human instinct is to I don't want to even say panic, but to to change something and to 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 try and fix it yourself. And I think maybe when when Tang is wanting these guys to stay bought in, kind of kind of stay true to the process. I know that's a cliche, but um, I don't I don't know. I guess if we're seeing that, I'm I'm not saying we aren't, but that's hard to do when you when you lose four straight in conference play. Now, yeah. K State could could win the night and all, and all is well, right? And so I think probably Wildcat fans as a whole maybe got a little bit too high after the four and one start to league play, and and maybe are too low. Uh, after the current struggles and that being said they lose two more this week and like you said Fitz uh, then they can fans can be as low as they want because it ain't looking good nope well let's uh, hear from our sponsors right now let's park a break here we're sponsored by Synergy Financial Partners go check out their website 
SynergyFinancial.com. Um, the ad says it. Uh, they're just not your typical financial planners. They're they're trying to plan your future, particularly if you're a small business person. Reach out. I think they can help you. At Synergy Financial Partners, the mission is to change the way Americans plan for their financial future. Synergy doesn't just offer you a financial plan. At Synergy, the goal is to help you find your best financial future. Learn more at SynergyFinancial.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast welcome back to the show let's head back to the studio okay boys let's switch topics hopefully mr tim will be here i miss the big guy uh moving up the show i i i lost some of my tim love and I, I need more of it. I need more of it. I don't know how he does it. I, it, I, I can't. I can't even fathom having that voice. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, Big B, here's a chance to promo tomorrow a little bit. But our buddy uh, Abe in the questions here uh, brings up the alliance um, that the yeah. Big Ten and the SEC are talking about. I know this will be a topic on tomorrow's uh, Big Twelve Insiders, 1 p.m. right here. Um, but Glenn, this is a big concern for programs outside of those conferences and and i got news for some of those programs inside those conferences it's it's a worry for you too because mm -hmm. you're going to kick your ass out of these conferences if you're not pulling your weight mm -hmm. period end of story it's it, when it gets this greedy it's going to get ugly and it's going to get ugly starting with trying to exclude entire regions of the country mm -hmm. because they're not in the cool club uh and eventually though when they've excluded that and they still want more money they're going to look at the Vanderbilts, Northwesterns, Indianas, and some of those other programs and say, yeah, you, you aren't pulling your weight. We're mm -hmm. going to bring in someone that else, and, and you're going to get relegated right out of the conference you've been in for as long as you know, uh, your fans know in college athletics. Uh, this is a scary time for sports. They're about to crush college sports, and they think they're doing it for the best, but they're only acting in their best interest. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack, and I, it's like I think we know at least in football that 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 people at least the trend has been towards. Although maybe this year, um, anyways, the trend has been towards you know, SEC, SEC, Big Ten, and then a gap. And in in basketball, at least, um, 
I think the Big 12 is at the top of both of those, probably by a significant margin this year. But the fact of the matter is that football kind of rules rules the world, or at least rules the country. And so uh, if you're the Big 12, you're finding a way to to make that gap, at least, between the second conference and the third, which is I think is the Big 12, as small as possible. And and I don't, I don't, I'm not saying this is the solution, but sometimes it's as simple as like going out and winning football games. I mean, you're talking about a 12 team playoff. There's going to be a big 12 team, maybe two, probably a one big 12 team in that. And if, if that team can go out and win one, two, the national championship, uh, you can, I mean, that does numbers for, for TV, for um, your, your deals for recruiting. I mean, so I don't want to say the solution is, you know, just go win, but it wouldn't hurt probably. No, no, I think you're right, Glenn. I think the solution is winning. Uh, and TCU had that opportunity. Yeah. The problem is you'll get slaughtered. You know, it's one thing if you go and you make a good showing and you win or, 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 or lose, that's fine. But when yeah. you go and you get slaughtered, then it's like, oh, well, then the previous game didn't really mean anything. That was a fluke. This, this is what you really are. Oh, and by the way, this is your best team in that conference. And I'm like, well, geez, you know, and but and and then you think about it. It's like, where's your argument? What can you say? You have no pushback to that. So it it, it absolutely is when look the first couple years, I don't think that the Big 12 is going to get more than one team in. I really don't. I would hope that they got at least two, but I don't see that actually happening. I think they're going to get one. And I think that team has to go in and win at least two games in this thing. I go right. because for us to start getting more teams, because mm-hmm. you know they're going to plant four SEC teams in. You know they're going to plant three Big Ten teams in. So that's what it's going to be. So then I think they have the the other two, you know, the and the non-qualified. I mean, and it, it's just there's not, not going to be enough room. Right. There's not going to mm-hmm. be enough spaces. You know, uh, so it's just you got to go win. I think it's problematic. I think it's nonsense. Fitz is 100% right. Some of these schools are going to get kicked out. Northwestern and Vanderbilt, they're going to be out. They, they, just, because at that point, they keep them around because obviously they're good schools and they compete in other Great things, school. but they are the academic side is so good for both of those schools. Well, they won't care about that anymore. No. I mean, and, and they really don't <clears throat> care about it now. But they mm-hmm. say that they care about it to keep them around. They really don't care now. And if they have an opportunity to get rid of them, as soon as that opportunity comes, they're going to jump at the chance. They, they will literally jump at that chance. Uh, and it'll be other teams. It, it, like, you think Arkansas has deep roots in the SEC? No, they don't. They will kick Arkansas out. Even though Arkansas has a ton of money, they will kick Arkansas out at the drop of a hat when they get the opportunity. If they can bring somebody else, they can bring a Florida State in, or somebody like that, they'll kick them out at the drop of a hat, man. The the big argument here and what's taking place, and the thing that I think is the sneaky evil going on here, is these two conferences are trying to take a hold of the playoff selection process. Yes. They'll be in charge of it. Yes. What? <laughs> we'll and handle it. They're going <laughs> to use this argument that, well, if you don't give us this power, we're just going to leave – behind and we're not even going to play with and we're going to create our own division and at that point the proper answer for the big 12 and acc is see ya yeah we're not scheduling you we're not scheduling you we're going to cancel every game that we have scheduled and if you want to play at a semi-pro level we're going to 
keep playing college football here. Mm-hmm. See ya. Yeah. Get the hell out of our way. Um, maybe we'll be perceived as a step below, but you're only going to be able to play games against each other or against really bad teams and lower the value of your TV contracts. Mm-hmm. Just don't play the game. They're trying to suck you into their game. If we don't get our way, we're going to do this. Okay. Oh, yeah. do it. Do it. We're not going to schedule you. We're not going to play any non-conference games with mm-hmm. you. We'll play each other. We'll play the Sun Belt and the Mountain West and and FBS school, uh, FCS schools, but we're going to communicate to them too. It's not in your best interest to play them. I know. I know financially you need it in the short term, but they're going to crush you. They're mm-hmm. going to make it impossible for you to function as an athletic department. Yep. This is a fascinating road we uh, we're on, and we went down this road a little bit further than I want to because we will discuss this tomorrow on the Big 12 Insiders uh, because uh, this impacts the conference as much as any realignment or any game uh, by far. I mean, because it, it just that way. If the ACC collapses, it's going to really create an interesting issue for the Big mm-hmm. 12. They're going to have some really valuable commodities out there that maybe they can grab a hold of. At the very least, we know that we believe that, you know, 10 to 12 of the ACC schools will have immediate invitations into the other three. But, you know, does it help at all um, with the Big 12? I'm not sure. There's just so many moving parts to this. But I'm going to be blunt here. The Big 10 and SEC need to hear the wrath of the fans and the other schools that if you're going to blow up college football, we're not going to play a part of it. You want to play your games on ABC? We'll be over on ESPN 19 watching Big 12 games. Now, you just got to be – the fans and the schools have to be very definitive about it with a giant FU, uh, the essential of the – essentially the horns down to a conference. It'll make them mad. It'll, it'll hurt them in their souls. That's what they need to do is hurt them in their souls, Big B. Just, <laughs> sorry, I got scared away. Got scared away. Hey, side, side note. Uh, no. Texas upsets K-State women's basketball yesterday, and I don't know if Rodney Terry saw it, but the players were jumping up and down on the court afterwards. Just out. Just unbelievable players would enjoy a victory. There were kids watching. I know. There were kids I watching. couldn't believe it. I threw up. I know. I know. It's uh, a post-game celebration flaunting in your opponent's face is equivalent to seven murders. <laughs> it used to be six, but now we think it's seven. It's, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, let's talk about the women. Uh, you say upset. Technically, by rankings, yes. Mm-hmm. The Texas fans were chanting overrated at K-State. <laughs> That is just, I've never figured it out. It's always, it's a silly hey, If chant. we beat you, yeah, uh, you, you can't be good. And K State will probably chant it tonight if they're winning. So, yep, exactly. It, 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 it is a silly chant. It's like, yeah, it's like, hey, you're so bad that we beat you. Right. <laughs> That's almost what you're saying. <laughs> Cell phone. Um, I'd look, I admire that they got to three and two without Aoka Lee on the court. Mm-hmm. And they're three Correct. and two now after losing these two. Um, I, I need to get an update on her schedule, but uh, this was going to happen, and mm-hmm. they're going to lose more games. If they go 500 without her in this conference, I think they're doing pretty good. And if they go above 500, watch out. Notice they lost two games only dropped to eight, mm-hmm. um, which seems like an appropriate amount of droppage. 
Is that what I'm looking for here? For a team that uh, lost two games without their star on the court. Uh, but if it persists, they'll continue to drop. But this is an NCAA tournament team. I said this on oh, yeah. my TV show. This is an NCAA tournament team without Lee. I mean, they're good enough to get into the field without Ioka Lee. So mm -hmm. with her, when she comes back, uh, this is a legitimate Sweet 16, if not Final Four team. Yeah, they're yeah. really, really good, and they've shown that. I think that this is something that when she does return, if she's fully healthy, this stretch could end up being a positive for them in the sense that it forced other players to take a little bit more authority, and it helped Jeff Mitty find out where he does or even does not have depth um, in having to play more players. Uh, I I think that, yeah, they got to get through this, but I think they've shown that actually – they're still pretty good. I mean, dude, playing at Texas and playing at Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma was 7-1 and one in league play before that game. Those are tough games when you are at full strength. And K-State hung in there, by the way, in both those games. The Texas one got out of hand a little bit, but it, they cut it back to seven. It almost felt like if they would have had six more minutes of game time, they could have they could have made a run at that thing. Um, they hung in there both those games without, without their All-American, and I think this is a team that, can be really really dangerous if they get everybody play and and by the way I don't I don't even think they were playing their best basketball this week mm -hmm. it's not like they played amazing without her and still couldn't win like they without their all American and probably also had off nights and still put up quite the fight yeah I, I think they have a chance here uh, it's just what you said Glenn I just think for the simple fact that they are playing they're they're playing good basketball. Like, they're not playing bad basketball. That would be different if they were just completely fell apart without her and were just couldn't function. That is mm -hmm. not what's going on yeah. here. That's basically taking away one of the best players in the country from your team and still competing at a high, high level. But you lost two conference road games against good competition. You know, if, if it was bad competition, we could feel bad about ourselves. But that's not what happened here. I think there's still a lot that first of all, who's to say that even with her, that they go there and win. I think yeah, right. that's part of the problem. I think it's, there's no guarantee that they're going to either one of those places and winning with her so that we played so well without her. I just think bodes. Well, number one, that means the coaching is outstanding. Yeah. Means the women have bought into what is going on. I just love what is happening. I, I think uh, it, 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 to make the tournament, I think is, I, I don't think that's even up in question. I just think it's now it's do they even get to the do they get to the final four? If she can come back and be fully healthy, can they make a run to the final four? Now look, it gets tougher because the girls or I'm sorry, the women's game is very, very good, you know, without question. It's very, mm -hmm. very good. And they, I mean, at, at the upper levels, they they have some really good basketball players. So, but so do we. And I yeah. think that's one thing to keep in mind. So do we. I think sometimes Cave State fans for so long get caught up in, oh, they have this and they have this. Mm -hmm. You know what? We have good players, too. And it's yeah, OK it's, to say so. It's almost an imposter syndrome sort of thing. It's like, wait yeah, a minute. we we're, we we were just number two in the country, you know, and that's so right. teams should be seems to be scared to play us. I think K-State women, the goal has to be right now probably winning enough games to, to host uh, right. to start the NCAA tournament. And that would be huge. And I think that I don't know. Uh, I'm willing to admit that this is the most I've gotten into women's basketball this year. And that's a credit to Jeff Mitty's team. And I've, I've been following them much closer than I ever have women's basketball in my life because they're so much fun to watch and they're so good. So I don't know the numbers to back this up, but I would think 
that in the women's game more than the men's game, those top teams do end up advancing right. further in the tournament more often. And the men's mm-hmm. seems like we'll have an eight seed and a four seed and a six seed in the final four quite often. I, I know that in the women's game, there's been dynasties and there's been these a lot. I know last year, I think it was Iowa and, and LSU, of course. And um, I think K-State should feel like they belong in that group. And and I'm not saying that upsets don't happen in March uh, in the women's game, but that K-State um, can avoid those upsets yeah. better than maybe a men's one or two seed can. But yeah. They definitely happen a lot less in the women's game oh, than they do. No doubt. They happen uh, a know. lot less. Part of that is what we've mentioned. You play on your home court, and that helps prevent upsets. But also, I've gotten into this quite a bit. There there just hasn't been enough top talent in the women's game to distribute throughout the entire landscape of women's basketball, particularly in a 15-scholarship environment. And uh, now we're seeing, because of NIL and the transfer portal, some of that uh, trickle-down is happening. And we're seeing, that I think, the talent be allocated better across the country. Uh, we'll we'll see how it all plays out for K-State. But you brought up a point that brings us back around to the men's team. Um, I, I think if we ask most K-Staters, most Big 12 observers, is Kansas State men, is that an NCAA tournament team? The answer is no. 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 And, you know, it probably doesn't get them back even into the discussion unless they win tonight against Kansas. Maybe Correct. you start discussing in the NCAA tournament. But if they get to postseason – and the women are hosting the NCAA tournament, they're going on the road for the NIT. Um, and that's just an interesting thing, and they should go on the road for the NIT. The women have earned it. Um, but uh, it, that's a whole other concern. Right now, I'm concerned about this team getting to the postseason. I've pulled a full Tom Asbury here. I'm not defining the postseason as being the NCAA tournament. I'm going to throw in the NIT and the Grandma Invitational in someone's backyard in Wamego. Get to the postseason. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't see I would happening. absolutely cover a tournament in Wamigo, by the oh, way. Oh, especially if it's in grandma's backyard. <laughs> it's gonna be like you know, cookies. Yeah, but yeah. to your point, Fitz, uh a win tonight and then a loss over the weekend probably puts K State. Maybe you get in that like next four out conversation. If they were to win both, then maybe you're putting them more on the bubble, but uh, there's work to be done for sure, but they, we, this team showed early in conference play they can they can heat up. Um, but that feels like a long time ago now. Well, here's the thing, and, and uh, K State fans pay close attention. This would not be the first time that a team lost four conference games in a row and made the NCAA tournament. So I know it's doom and gloom now. There have been plenty of teams mm-hmm. out there oh, yeah. that have lost four, even five games in a row in early February that went on to make the NCAA tournament. So that's the good news about this. The bad news, although, is where do you see this changing? That's the bad news. It's like, okay, other teams may have had a superstar on their team. What comes to mind is I think it's the 09 UConn team that went on a huge run. Well, they had Kimba Walker. That That's a little different than what K-State has on their team. You know, mm-hmm. and they lost a bunch of games in a row where a number nine seed go on to win the tournament and, and won the whole thing, got hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. But it's just where do you see it changing at K-State? Now, it doesn't mean that we can't catch fire. doesn't mean that, you know, guys can start playing a little bit better or up to their potential because, in my personal opinion, I don't think that's happened the last mm-hmm. four games. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've played up to their potential, and I think that's what – is probably driving the coaching staff absolutely bananas. Is there like, guys, look, you're better than this. What are we doing out there? 
Um, part of that's coaching. They got to get the best out of those guys too. You can't just leave them off the hook. You got to figure out a way to get your guys to be able to play at their best, put them in better positions. Kind of what you said, Fitz, maybe you get them on the run. Maybe you give up three or four more turnovers, but you, if you can generate another eight, 10, 12 points because you sped things up, mm. maybe that's the route you just have to go. You got to live with the good, with the bad. What's going to yeah. be better for us to, to win games? Is it, yeah, we might have 19 turnovers, but you know what? We got 18 more shots at the basket because we were just running up and down the court. We got yeah. them tired, and they committed more turnovers. I just think you got to do something. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. think that's the thing. It's it, it, We can't just keep doing the same thing because we are going to continue to get the same result. And we just, I mean, again, I know everybody, and, and it's true. It's a definition of insanity, but we have to do something different. Mm -hmm. And I I just believe the coaching staff is going to do that. I, I'd yes. like to point out that last night on my TV show, um, uh, Glenn, you, I'm sure you watch it. Um, it uh, <laughs> I brought up uh, the fact that uh, Jerome Tang mentioned after the game at Oklahoma State that they got beat to every loose ball, and they did. It was mm -hmm. a, remarkable. When the ball hit the floor, 90% of the time Oklahoma State came up with it. And maybe that's effort. Maybe that's quickness. I don't know. Uh, but I, I said this, and I apologize to everyone. They lost the play hard chart. Oh, goodness. Yes. And uh, yeah. they're going to lose yeah. the play hard chart until they start paying attention to the little things. <laughs> yeah. The little things. When you pass someone the ball, pass it to where they're in shooting position. Correct. Because if they got to gather, the defender closes them out. Exactly. If you're dribbling the ball, try to avoid your own feet and other body advantages <laughs> except for your hands. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a rule I follow. Um, and if you're past the ball, catch the ball. I mean, yeah. don't, don't let it go through your hands. So many of their mistakes are just mind numbing. Like you're capable yep. of catching the ball. You're capable of passing the ball better than that. And you're not doing it. Will you pay attention to the, all these little things and take pride in them? And then yeah. you take pride in everything else. Yeah. They're, they're passing. Actually, you bring it up. Fitz, and I, that's, I've, that stood out to me as well. I mean, it seems like sometimes they don't pass it with authority of like, let me, let me Correct. zip it to the guy. It's like when you, it, it, when you catch a pass from like a quarterback or something like that, and you're like, Oh my gosh. And you're like, you weren't ready for it to fly yeah. at you like that. that. You need to pass the ball like that in the big 12. The other thing that I've noticed, and I've noticed this a lot in basketball all the way down to high school, all the way up to probably the NBA and K state is included in this. They set some lousy screens. It, it a yep. pick and roll doesn't work if you don't, get in the guy's way and sometimes it's jog over there and stand there and then and it's like it doesn't have you might as they're well not, not even go over enough, there it, they're not physical it doesn't enough. do anything it, it doesn't do anything brian to your point uh i think ku lost three conference games in a row last year and won the league mm -hmm. so it, you don't have to panic now somebody out there just heard me say that, that i think case is going to win the league and i did not say that let me be very clear <laughs> i didn't say that but the other thing that I'll say, and I don't know if this is glass half full or if this is sad to say because there's still a lot of basketball left to be played, K-State lost two of its best players this year. And so while it's been discouraging the last four games and this the team has not looked good and there have absolutely been concerns, I'm not into the territory of, oh, is this program headed in the right direction? Um, this is a different team than the staff thought they were going to be putting on the court yeah. uh, in October, in September or even October or even December for that matter um, with Quez Glover being out. And so 
Um, I know that might not be what fans want to hear is, is, oh, well, we'll get him next year because we had injuries because everybody has injuries, but we're talking about a, um, a massive impact to K-State season. I mean, Naquan Tom will be the best player on their team, I think, by a large margin. Yep, I agree. I think I agree. two out of the three best players on the team are not mm-hmm. on the team. I think yeah. that's what it is, you know. Yep. And it, But it also comes back to, you know, if, if you live in the transfer portal and you die by the transfer portal, which is what's happening, I go, I, I'm a firm believer that that transfer portal can work. But look, you got to start bringing freshmen in that can play right away. Right. I, I just think that you can't keep bringing freshmen in that you got to sit a year or can only play five minutes. And I'll be flat out honest, and I say it about football all the time. That's not how the big boys do it. They no. don't bring in guys to sit them all the time. They don't do that. Number one, transfer portals out there. You mm-hmm. do that too often, they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. That would be the first thing. But the second thing is be a program that plays these guys. Bring in enough talent. Now, I know they're just getting started, but again, if if you live by that, you're gonna die by that. It's just mm-hmm. you got to stop bringing guys in that, that that are development. Basketball and football are not the same, and I understand what K State is in football. And yes, it's got to be a school of development. Basketball does not; it mm-hmm. absolutely does not, and we cannot treat it that way. Yeah, I'll just say this: uh, David Castillo, uh, their signee for next season, would be the best point guard on this roster. Yeah. if he was playing as a senior by in high far. School. By far. Yes. Now, physically, <laughs> uh, he looks like a senior in high school, and he's mm-hmm. going to need to catch up on that. But they'll be adding him in, and I'll be interested to see how Jerome Tang and his coaching staff address the transfer portal after their mm-hmm. experiences this year. Um, because I think they – I'll be blunt here. I think they undervalued ball handling and leadership and just went with experience. Um, and they got lots of experience with Tyler Perry, uh, but they're not getting – the other things that you really need for an impactful senior guard coming in. And yeah, go ahead. Tank Tank talked about this before. Obviously he loves experience. I think he said last year he wanted a point guard who had played a hundred games of college basketball or something like that. Uh, He loves experience. But then this year he's actually talked about this a little bit too. That can be good or bad. If they, if they have a hundred games full of bad habits, it's like, actually this guy's got a ton of experience but it's a pain in the butt because we can't get him to erase this idea that he's going to be doing X, Y, Z all the time. And so they need to get guys with experience. And I don't think that's a bad strategy, but guys with the right experience and guys who, if they do have any of those bad habits are willing to come in and have their game transformed, even if it's in their last year of college basketball. I'll just say this before we go to the break. I played basketball in my youth and I remember in junior high or even younger learning don't dribble the ball to the corner and get trapped don't <laughs> you should never dribble the ball into the corner and i watched a senior guard do that and get trapped by two true freshmen i i don't understand how you get here to be at this level with that level of experience and success and still do things like that and it doesn't matter if you're a point guard you don't do that as a power forward you don't no. do that uh so it's very frustrating let's get to our final break here uh, before we wrap it up with some more of your comments and questions, hopefully there's some good stuff over there. Brian, take a peek at that. And uh, we'll be right back. Make sure you check out Synergy Financial Partners. Good people, good products. It's good stuff. At Synergy Financial Partners, the vision is to build the world's largest consumer financial education and empowerment company. Synergy doesn't just offer you a financial plan. At Synergy, the goal is to help you find your best financial future. Learn more at SynergyFinancial.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the show. Let's head back to the studio. Welcome back to the K-State Insiders. Uh, Tim isn't going to make it today. No. I, I, he didn't text. Nothing, man. Uh, That's all right. Fitz, Glenn, Big B, your uh, your trio. Your threesome. Um, what do we got over here? We got anything cooking in the... Yeah, camera. I got this good question that, that popped up. Brian, hey, what do you know? Can fear of embarrassment on the big national stage with everyone watching temporarily fix effort and culture problems for a game? Um, I think the, the, the easy answer to that is yes, it absolutely can. They can absolutely get up for this one game uh, with everybody watching. My mom's at home, my cousins, all my boys are back home. Everybody's watching. You know, and if you want to watch a game on ESPN, you have to be watching me. That that changes. That changes life. I remember way back when I played, it changed. It changed things, man, when I knew everybody was going to be watching. So, and to get up, and not just that, you're playing Kansas. So, mm. yes, it absolutely can change a thing. And can that, and if you win and you play well, can that trickle on down the road? 100%. Doesn't mean that it will, but it absolutely can. I, I just think... This is an opportunity. I really do think this is an opportunity. I don't know if we'll win, but yes, it absolutely can change it for a night, guys. Yeah, I'm uh I'm intrigued. I you know, if you can't get up for this, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you yeah. you got to work on yourself if you can't absolutely. get up for this. Uh because the moment is huge, the stage is huge, and the crowd is going to be volatile. And if you can't feed off that as a player, yikes. Yes. Yikes! You you might thrive in the European League where there's not many fans. I don't know. And by the tight. way, these guys aren't going to have to wait until they hit a big shot, you know, at the under sixteen for, to, no. to notice that crowd. It's going to be two hours before tip off when when you know you name the player. Day Day Ames walks out in the court and says, "Oh, oh, this is this one's different." You know, yep. it, th- th- they'll know that going in, and so it's a question of does that. Uh, does the the moment get too big, or is the light too bright, or does it actually have the opposite effect, where where they say, okay, we better we better turn up for this one because there's people here who there's a lot of people here who are going to be really upset if we don't. Yeah, uh, I got a big, a really important question here, and this might be the most important thing I've ever asked. Oh um, if you're in line, you know, five hours before tip off, and you're you're out there, it's kind of cool and you know moist today and i said moist i'm so sorry i gotta watch my language um you know it's gonna be up into the 50s supposedly later but it's you know it's not freezing out but it's not ideal do you want pizza if they're gonna bring you food do you want pizza i i say bring a parcel of tacos like order call up both both of the places with bells and say i need 500 and you know and just take a thousand tacos out there or something i Everyone buys pizza, and I just feel like pizza's the easy out. Donut, Barcy, <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Donuts could work. Tacos sound say. like it'd be kind of difficult to distribute and to eat without 
you know, while standing in line. But but we do have uh, Ryan Gilbert maybe could deliver uh, some tacos mm. or better yet, mm. uh, some drinks from Taco Lucha. Yeah. Um, that, you know, I don't want to sign, I don't want to sign him up for anything. But if you're watching this, you can go ahead and uh, tag him in a tweet and say that he promised you tacos and drinks. Yeah. Tacos can get messy, though. Out there in the line, tacos mm-hmm. can get messy. I think pizza, but I think donuts. Donuts is better. It's not early, but you know what? As I've gotten older and fatter, you can eat a donut anytime, and it tastes just <laughs> as good. Anytime. <laughs> you know what, though? Donuts remind me of my life because that hole in the middle is – is less than what I deserve. <laughs> I, I I want the I don't want the hole in the middle. I want the entire donut, <laughs> just a giant circle of pastry. Maybe that'll be if I open a donut shop. Maybe that's my shtick. We donuts don't with donuts, but we don't we don't take out the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Unholy donuts. There. Start your new business. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Unholy donuts. Guys, uh, Glenn, will you be there? Or are you sending one of the peons? I mean, one of your assistants. There. <laughs> I'm, I'm headed over there in a few hours. Okay. Okay. I will be there. Uh, everyone will be there. This is the game that uh, they run out of media seating, and it's always entertaining. Um, yeah. And uh, my friend Kelly Stewart, Kelly in Vegas, will be there. Uh, so if you're sitting in section 11 around row nine, I'll bring earplugs, earplugs. She's, she's loud, very loud. Boys, good show. Appreciate all the comments. We had some really good stuff over there. We didn't quite get to, um, cats, Jayhawks, eight o'clock ESPN, Shambi and Billis on the call. It is the big stage. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, uh, there will be no chanting of that certain mm-hmm. word. I hope. KSU. That's right. Yes. Thanks for watching, folks. We'll see you tomorrow on the Big 12 Insiders. Got a couple of great guests. Well, one and Ryan Gilbert. Sorry, Ryan. I had to get that in. This has been a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. Please support this show by subscribing to this YouTube channel or follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.